The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, a warning the content of what follows may be distressing for some listeners, not suitable for little ears. During the Holocaust, six million Jews were murdered by the Nazis and their collaborators. As the world prepares to mark Holocaust Memorial Day on Sunday, our reporter James Wilson went to meet two survivors living in Ireland who miraculously survived the genocide. There's always been anti-Semitism throughout history. In short, it was hell on earth, as they said. The, the dog was eating something, and suddenly I, I realised what it was eating. It was eating a newborn baby. By the time the Soviets liberated Auschwitz on the 27th of January 1945, over a million people had been murdered by the Nazis in the camp. Among them were two Slovakian Jewish pensioners, Jeheskel and Katarina Reichenthal. Today, their grandson lives in Dublin. Nearly 82 years on, he vividly remembers the day they were arrested by an old friend of his father's. My name is uh, Tommy Reichenthal. It's a Jewish name. I'm Holocaust survivor. He was actually, this man, was uh, our neighbour. And he come uh, in the morning and uh, he said, uh, it was in July 1942, he said, you have to take whatever you have, small cases, and you have to be in 10 minutes outside, there is lorry waiting for you. And my father said, Otto, what are you doing? You are arresting my, my father. And I've been... He was looking after you when you were a kid and doing message. How can you do it? Uh, and he looked up. He didn't even look at my father. He said, I have order. Uh, and that was it. In September 1942, Tommy and his family fled their village to Bratislava. Despite possessing false identity papers with Christian-sounding surnames, the family were caught by the Gestapo. It was my brother and myself in a photographic shop about 300 yards away. My mother only said, I'm going to pick up my, my mother and then I pick you up and we go to the train station. But of course, suddenly these two uh, Gestapo men come into the shop and, uh, and they come straight to my brother and they asked him, uh, you Jewish? And my brother said, no, I, I'm not Jewish. Then he didn't tell them. They turned around to me and he said, you are Jewish. I was a, a little boy, I was nine years old, and small, I still small, but I was very small as a nine-year-old. And the next thing, I, I got a smack in my face, and they started to beat me up, of course. I was only a kid, so it hurt. I was crying and stopped beating me. And my brother saw it and he said, stop, stop, we are Jewish. The Reichenthals were taken to Bergen-Belsen. In later years, it attracted worldwide notoriety as the camp where Anne Frank died. In short, it was hell on earth, as they said. 
it was on the 7th of March when I remember waking up I saw my aunt and my mother crying and I said why are you crying what happened and they told me that my grandmother uh, passed away she just uh, dried up uh, she didn't drink enough water she didn't eat enough and also she used to take certain medication that all ran out so unfortunately uh, she passed away but I wanted to see where my grandmother was buried and of course she was buried under other corpses Tommy's grandmother, Rosalia, was one of 50,000 people who died in Bergen-Belsen, most of whom passed away from disease and malnutrition. Another of the victims was Hungarian Jew Gisela Molnor. After the liberation, her two children, Terry and Susie, moved to Ireland. Even though she was only a toddler at the time, Susie has never forgotten the family's journey to the camp. Well, we were in a cattle truck for, I don't know for how long, which was... You know, it was the winter time. It was very, cra- very crowded, barely room to sort of sit, and and icicles were outside. And when when we arrived, um, there was a whole lot of shouting, and the do- the Alsatians were barking, and everybody was saying, "Hurry, hurry, hurry!" You know, there was one bunk per family and it didn't matter how many people were in the family there was one bunk so it was pretty uh, pretty crowded in the in the bed you know the people who had died during the night they just took them and they piled them outside your barracks door so each day the the pile got higher and higher and higher i suppose being rather mischievous at, at my age that me and um as somebody else who was in the in the barracks with us, a friend of mine, we 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 actually sat on the uh, on the on the bodies until we were told you mustn't do that because it was the ground was hard. My mother got um, TB, and we knew at the time when people started coughing and coughing, we all we all knew that there's no no medicine that. She wasn't going to survive, and she gave any bit of food she gave to Terry and myself. One day, um, Terry was allowed to go in to see her in the tent, and I wasn't because they thought that being so much younger that I shouldn't sort of see her. And I didn't know she had died. Terry came out and just said, she is gone. And I said, gone where? And for year, for a long, long time, I didn't realise that she'd actually had died. I thought she just sort of disappeared somewhere. They should have let me go in, in to see her because we were used to seeing people dying and death and bodies, but they didn't. There was this woman, um, her name was Luba, and she was called the Angel of Belson. And she saved like 44 people, children from the camp. I think she only lost two children died in her care. And she took it upon herself to look after us, the children, because uh, her son was taken away from her and she never 
got over him dying. He was taken out of her arms. By the 15th of April 1945, the Nazis were retreating and the Allies were quickly advancing through Germany. It was then that the British Army arrived at Bergen-Belsen, liberating the camp's 60,000 inmates. We saw the jeeps of British Army and uh, they were shouting to out loud, uh, this is the British Army, you are being liberated. We didn't even know what liberated meant, but they shouted it in Polish and in Hungarian, in different languages because the people should know. After the war, Tommy returned to Slovakia, but in 1959 he moved to Dublin for work, where he met and fell in love with his wife. Susie and her brother Terry were two of six children brought to Ireland by a Red Cross doctor, and they were adopted by a local Jewish couple. Growing up, they found there were very few Holocaust survivors living in Dublin. Lynn Jackson of Holocaust Education Ireland explains why. During the emergency, which was the Irish government's term for the Second World War, there was no permission for Jews to enter Ireland. If they did, it was very, very limited. And so there are many requests made by Jews living in in Ireland to ask for a permit for their relatives to come in, that they would look after them, they would sponsor them, give them somewhere to live, uh, make sure they had a job and not be a burden on the state, but they still were not let in. So that's quite a bad stain on on Ireland's uh, war years towards the Jewish people. The Jewish people here were well treated, but their family members were not allowed to come in. And has Holocaust denial ever been much of a problem in Ireland? Well, it's becoming a problem. Um, Holocaust denial and anti-Semitism are nearly linked uh, together nowadays. But at the time we started in 2003, yes, there was some Holocaust denial, but not not as much as there is now. There's always been anti-Semitism throughout history, since biblical times, so um, it depends how far back you want to go. But generally, Jewish people have had a very good and respectful existence here in Ireland. On the Sunday closest to the 27th of January, people across the world gather to commemorate Holocaust Memorial Day. The phrase perhaps most associated with the event is never again, and both Tommy and Susie want people to be vigilant against racism and hatred. It doesn't take very much to strike a match. And once the match is lit, everything just escalates. Do you think something like the Holocaust could ever happen again? Well, (laughs) uh, it did happen. And it didn't happen only recently, on the 7th of October. That was a Holocaust. They killed 1,200. But if they had the opportunity to kill 20,000, they would have killed 20,000. That was a Holocaust. This was deliberate, premeditated event, deliberately against Jews in Israel. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.